The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. This is my podcast, my weekly show. Welcome, you guys, one and all. I'm glad we're, we're all here as a group I have something to confess. This is actually not a podcast episode today. This is an intervention for you. Yes, I'm looking at you. So we crafted this whole thing because you got a problem and we want to solve it and we're here to support you. And that problem is that you are taking bigger steps than uh, it died. It fizzled. It fizzled. Uh, this is only my third take though. So I think there's a little bit of success to be had. I'm going to focus on that. Boom. Talking about that more in this episode. Um, but in all seriousness, welcome, you guys. I'm glad you are here. If you're just joining me, um, and I know I've got some new listeners because I'm seeing the numbers rise, so I'm glad you're here. Please go back and listen to old ones because they're, they're, they're not – I'm going to say they're timeless, not because I think they're timeless like Citizen Kane. It's just that they're not matched to like a certain time actually. You know what I mean? So you could just kind of – dive in there and listen to that topic and that topic and it's like my youtube channel like go back and listen you can you don't have to go like well that was from 2014 and that's just like so 2014 the styles aren't that different my hair doesn't change really that much so you can just listen to you know any old episode and get 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 a nugget i'm drinking some mushroom coffee Mushroom coffee. Yeah, I've talked about it before. It's not my favorite. I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to sit here and go, it's the end-all be-all. It's got less caffeine than regular coffee, and it's a little bit late tonight on on this Monday night. Uh, And so a little bit of kick uh, is going to just do me right. Okay? This is what that is. But I didn't want to get, like, jacked. There's, like, a difference between getting kicked and getting jacked. Okay? You guys, I don't expect you guys to know that. You're not trained like I am. I'm highly trained. Okay, I know the difference between getting kicked and getting jacked. You don't. That's why you listen to this podcast. Okay, good. Uh. Ah, mushroom coffee. What am I going to say? I'm going to whip through the... I'm getting... I can realize today, like, I know there's new listeners, and that's great. And it's uh, it really is. I freaking love it. I'm What am I... Oh, God, hold on. I'm getting... Inter- Jackson. Are, Jackson. What did I say? What yeah. did I say? I was just wondering where the uh, why s- were you wanting to put the lamb chops? I said, I said, I said, I'm doing the podcast. Do not disturb me, Jackson Long. Everybody, that was and scene. I think we. I feel is like that we. Mushroom coffee. It is my. It is mushroom. <laughs> I feel like we nailed that, you guys. Jack, come on over here. Right. Say hi to everybody. You guys know Jackson Long, TFF Lifestyle, Thought for Food. Say hi to Jackson. Hello, small steppers. My name is Sid Garza. I mean Jackson Long. Right. It is it is Jackson Long. Jackson has been in town. I'm gonna talk about you later, so you'll have to get out so I can kind of diss on you. This is my room. It, he has been living it's in my podcast my studio. And he is if you looked at it, it's as if he's been here for like a month. There's crap everywhere. There's a pile of rice cakes, which I have there's no explanation for that. And I don't even know where you slept because it doesn't look slept in, it just looks lived in. <laughs> and there's a pile of my books up there that you bent. Well, I uh, one of them. Anyway, there goes Jackson. We Bye. staged that, you guys. We had a really good time. Bye, Jackson. Bye. Um, he's been up here for the last, last couple days, and it's been awesome. We took a nice trail run this morning, and he got some incredible drone footage. <clears throat> he can control a drone. I cannot. It just makes me too afraid of losing money 
when I crash it inevitably. Um, but he's got more courage than I do. And so he's got some cool stuff. So you're going to see, he's going to give me that footage and he's going to use it for his uh, vlog too. But I highly recommend thought for food. You guys know, I, I love those guys, right? I talked about it last week. He was like, not going to come. Then I'm going to come. Then I'm not going to come. Then he shows up. He can't help himself. He can't freaking help himself. <clears throat> okay. Where was I? So yeah, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm going to kind of whip through the announcements because it, they, I, I just feel like, you're going to think I'm a broken record because I'm going to kind of talk about this whole... I'm annoyed by social media. This, I'm, in an, I'm in a state of annoyance about social media. So can you just... I'm going to, let, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get to the other end of it. I'm going to be fine with it. But, but at this point, like I don't want to waste a lot of time. If you want to follow me on social media, and I do use it to a certain extent, not much. But that's how you find out about the podcasts and about my YouTube videos and about my appearances because I speak around the country and, and things like that. And so it's, it's, it's great. And, but I don't want to spend too much time with it. So Sid Garza Hillman, if you Google that, <clears throat> you'll, you'll get all that stuff. Most importantly, you can go to my website, sidgarzahillman.com and there's links to all the social media. So it's there. You can also get a free chapter of my book. You can donate to the podcast, which people are doing, which is cannot tell you guys, I'm going to just repeat that because I'm eternally grateful to the, to you guys who've done that and to those of you who have left reviews on 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 iTunes and and Amazon and all the kind of stuff. It's just it's cool when you give back. Thank you. I would do it I, to be honest between you and me, like don't tell anybody. I do the podcast anyway. I would do it anyway. I come here and I love it and I love getting emails from you guys and 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 that it's helping people take control of their lives and that's why I come here and I would do it anyway. I really really would. But it's kind of a nice little cherry on the Sunday the coconut bliss Sunday that that is that you guys you know some of you throw me back some some of that stuff back and I and and and, and, and heartfelt thanks dig on that very like concrete point like in a very like this is an example last week I got a box the front desk at the Stanford Inn where I work stanfordinn.com okay it's, there's no cell here it's where I work it's whatever um said yeah there's a box down here for you and I was like, well, it's weird because I order stuff sometimes for the, for the inn. And um, and I was like, I don't remember ordering anything. And so I got the box and I I brought it upstairs and, it said, and it's addressed to Sid you know, Hillman. Or it might have said, it said Garza Hillman, Sid Garza Hillman. Sometimes people shorten it. It's like, ah, I don't have time for Garza. Just how, many, how much penning do you think I have? Um, so Sid Hillman and Amazon. And I, oh, uh, sorry, Thrive Market. That was the other thing. I was like, Thrive Market? I don't use Thrive Market. And this is not an ad for Thrive Market. Don't know those guys. Or girls don't know them, don't care, whatever. But this is what it was from. And so I don't, I don't know. I was like, that's weird. Now, my wife, Lisa, has ordered stuff from Thrive. So I called her and I was like, did you order something from Thrive? She's like, no. I opened the box. And if she did, we'd send it home for crying out loud. So I opened the box. And there are two pounds of my very favorite coffee, which I believe that I announced on an old pot, like a podcast a few episodes ago. If you think that I remember what I talk about on each of these episodes, you're wrong. I mean, you could say, Sid... You said one time in a podcast that you wanted to wear a tutu and unicycle across the country. And I would have said, oh, oh. And I would act like I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I still do. Still do. I'm just in the planning stages. Because um, I have no, no, no logistical. I mean, I just have no detail memory. Detail memory. That's it. Anyhow, two pounds of my very favorite coffee, which is Kicking Horse and the one I get is called Kick-Ass. It, it's, I'm not, again, no sell here. It's not sponsorship. They should totally sponsor me, but that's neither here nor there. Two pounds, no note, a packing slip. That was my first of like, oh, wait, this isn't an order that I place because there's no freaking invoice, but no note. And um, luckily through the magic of social media, and by that I mean YouTube, 
In my most recent video, I showed them and I was like, if you are the person who sent this, I had a feeling it was like a podcast listener or and or YouTube uh, follower. And so I got a comment from my friends who I've never met, but have emailed me. And now they're my friends. Tell you what, Karen and Mitch, kidding me? Send me two pounds of coffee. Jiminy, cr- you, that's it. You're done. You never have to get me another gift for the rest of your life. I am set. Until I run out of the coffee, and then I'll shoot, I'll shoot you an email. I'm assuming it's just like a regular thing. Am I right about that? Every like every three months, I get two months. Okay, we'll talk about that later. They are awesome. Okay, so I got some coffee. Way to way to my heart. Um, okay, sorry. I know this is kind of like crazy, but I'm pulling a lamp over to my table because, and I could stop and edit, but who has the time? Because um, my eyesight, I can't. And it's dark. Okay, so, so super fast. Marshall Veg Fest, Marshall, Texas uh, Health Fest is coming up like in th- like two weeks, three weeks, three weeks. Um, I'm doing a private speaking thing in St. Helena uh, for an Adventist physician's kind of whatever thing. And then uh, the next day I fly out to old Marshall, Marshall, Texas via Shreveport, speak three times there. There's some people coming. Got a nice email from Howard... Lyman today. He's a co-writer of like super famous books like Proteinaholic and and crazy stuff. Like he's done a whole bunch of stuff. Howard Lyman, he's there. He said, oh, I saw you were going to be there. It'd be good because I was on his podcast once. And so we're going to be able to uh, meet in person. I'm all about like, this is like the year I think, because maybe this is just because Jackson's here, but this is the year where I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to start meeting people in person. And I, I love the promise of that. Like I, I already, and even toward last year, like I'm meeting people at VegFest that are, you know, listen to the podcast and 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 I meet them and that's great. And then there's others that have listened to the podcast and also have emailed me. And then I'm, and so I've had an interaction with them actually and meet them too. And it's just, it's like so awesome and fun. And so it just, it's just kind of cool. So that's like the year of, this is like 2017 is like the year of connect, of like connection in a, in a non-virtual electronic way. <clears throat> that's my hope. Um, I'll be in New York City May for, May 21st and 22nd or 20th and 21st. I don't remember, but it's the New York City Veg Food Fest, okay? Triangle Veg Fest in August 26th and 27th in Durham, North Carolina. Now, the, the Marshall, Texas, I t- joked about a few episodes ago that I had, I had been poster promoted, which is I'm like on the – I'm not like at least for their for – their, uh, event, I'm like in the main thing, like in, they put an ad out and I'm in the ad. I'm not like the guy they don't mention in the ad. Like they're mentioned. So I feel like I, that's a big win, but I'm in Veg News. And so this episode, this issue of Veg News, and there's the ad for Marshall, Texas uh, Health Fest, and there I am. And coincidentally, my buddy Colleen Holland, uh, who owns and publishes uh, Veg News, was up at the Stanford Inn the last couple of days. So I got to hang out with her. She's a lovely, lovely person and working her butt off. Uh, something fierce. She, I don't even know why. Any, it's like, why would anybody do that job? But it's a labor of love. But man, that's a hard job. Like like steering the entire ship of a magazine. Whew. And I thought podcasting was hard. Uh, and it's not the way I do it. I phone it in. Hey, listen, I got a couple things to talk about. Okay, you guys ready to get deep? I didn't spend too much time with that nonsense, right? I mean, that craziness with Jackson took up half the amount of time I've been talking, right? Okay. Hmm. Um, I'm going to dive right into like a crazy article that I read, okay, on CNN.com. Fake news, everybody. Um, 
It's on colon cancer, and, and it's like the, the, the rates they're finding, this is just presented on CNN, this didn't like originate on CNN, okay? So just chill. But, the, but colon cancer amongst people who were born in the 90s is on the rise significantly. And of course, what? We don't know why. Like the article is just like, what? I don't know why. There's nothing we can figure out except some of these doctors. There's a couple quotes I want to share with you. Quote, this is our colon cancer on the rise among people who were born in the 90s. It's happening. Now, they are saying that they're not, they're, they're, the, the death rate is not increasing. In other words, we're catching it early, which is, which is great. But, but, you know, it's still of concern, right? Nobody wants to go through the madness of that and the strain and trauma of being diagnosed at a young age. I mean, if you're born in 1990, you're freaking 26 right now. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, did I do the math right? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and so, quote, though no one knows exactly why colorectal cancers are increasing among the younger age groups, researchers say it's probably not driven primarily by our genes. Not driven. Not driven primarily by our genes. Goes on to say, quote, it would be hard to speculate that we are fundamentally so different genetically between 1950 and today, you think 1950 just a just a just a, a a hair of time in the evolution of of the human species. So yeah, we definitely shifted genet like we have three arms, and 60 years ago we had two arms. And it was like God, that was fast. Going on, end quote. Chang said, "What's really ch- quote What's really changed more?" are our environmental exposures, our lifestyles, and our behaviors. (sighs) But we don't know why. We don't, but we don't know why. We know that that's changed. We know that we're moving our bodies less. We know that we're eating worse food. We know that the food quality is going down, at least in the United States, some fierce. We're becoming, guess what, more unnatural. We're not approaching the natural. We are backing way away from natural. We're like, we're out of here, natural. We think you're a hippie. And we're going to run the other way. And 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 we are paying the price. Sure, we don't know why, but we kind of do know why. We know that diet plays a very real role, especially in cancers like colon cancer. Very real. Very real. It's not not studied. You know what I'm saying? It's there. And if you look at the what has changed is not genetics, but the fact that our bodies are under stress more and more and more with each year. We move less, we eat worse. We are under more stress, we are sleeping worse. If you think that those things don't play into a weakened immune system, and that a weakened immune system is not equipped and strong enough to deal with the inevitability of cancer cells which occur in everybody's bodies, you got another thing coming. Of course we know. And I know that they just haven't, maybe that's just not where their studies are at yet and, and they should, you know, I hope they dive in on that soon. But the thing is, is like, the peer-reviewed study, and this we're talking 10 years down the line before they do like the perfectly crafted study, which doesn't actually exist, but fine. But meanwhile, people are getting diagnosed with colon cancer at 25 years old. That that's a that's a that's a problem. So let's not actually do what we can do while the studies are being done. Let's just not do anything while the studies and we'll wait for the studies to show up. Because maybe they'll just say, Yeah, you can eat what you want. On that note. I took the hilarious, like, I was at the inn today, and they get, they get, um, 
the men's health magazine. And so I'm actually on my phone right now because I'm going to show you this picture that I took of the cover of men's health magazine. You guys will not believe what's on the cover. It's crazy. The first thing that you see on the right-hand side, or if you see it on the right-hand side, it says, big, big, big caps, right? <clears throat> Red meat, the new health food, it says, the new health food. On the other side of the same cover, but by the way, on either side of a man who clearly is strong, has steroids pumping through the body like something fierce, or, or they just put pillows under his just tan colored pillows in under his skin it's weird okay um but eerily like i can't take my eyes off it and so and on the other side of this gentleman so one side red meat the new health food the other side cheat meals burgers beers and wings so if if one side of this young gentleman this young sir hello young sir is red meat the new health food and then the other side it says cheat meals burgers so if it's the new health food, why is it a cheat meal on this cover? It's on a cover. They should have one side just says black and the other side says white. And then the one side says Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. And then the other side says Crunch Berries with, with no Captain Crunch. Or I don't know what the opposite of Crunch Berries would be. But I'm imagining it would be just the Crunch Berries and not the Captain Crunch. That's just my educated guess. So that's how crazy that is. Here's some more nutty nut nut. Okay. Well, actually, this isn't a This is actually a good article. NPR. Uh, Neil Barnard, who's a doctor, he heads up the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. I went to one of his talks in Los Angeles last year, got invited down there with Jeff Stanford, and they're doing some amazing work with like animal using animals for research. Like they're basically showing scientifically that there's no. There's just no relevance. Like it's just not worth doing because animals are not. We're rats. It's happened to rats, and therefore, and and then some other doctor goes, yeah, but it's rats, and they don't kind of do the same. They're like these little things, and we're these big things. Can you guys see the difference? Um, anyway, so his it says the title is "Doctor's Book Presents the Case Against Quote Dairy Crack." Now, you guys know that I, I poke a little fun at the cheese because it people love the cheese. And I've talked about casomorphins about the about the from casein that's in dairy, including human breast milk, and how it, it has an opiate effect in our brain. It's a, it, it releases opiates in our bodies when we eat this stuff. And so of course it's addictive and people go, I can never give up cheese. Yeah, I know, because it's like a crack addict giving up crack. Totally get it. But in this article, and I'm assuming in the book. It says, quote, Barnard suggests that giving up cheese is associated, for example, with relief of asthma symptoms. Okay? And just, just point it out there. This is not new material. Neil Barnard's amazing. But if you guys remember my story, if you've heard of it, I am, have been asthma-free since 1992 by doing one thing and one thing only, which was giving up freaking dairy. No milk, no yogurt, and no cheese. And no asthma. And I've had many people because I had one girl like years ago, like get mad in one of my nutrition group classes. She's like, that's ridiculous. You can't cure asthma with giving up dares. Like, okay, well, yeah, but it happened. And so it's just, it's coming up again. I read Fit for Life in, 19, in 1992. I mean, that's how 24 years ago this was out there already, but so good that it's coming back. But anyway, so it's a book about that. I can't remember the title. I'm not here to sell freaking Neil Barnard's books, but if you're interested in the whole cheese thing... It ain't pretty, guys. It ain't pretty. Now, if you think you can't give it up, then you do what you do my cheese test. You've heard about it before, right? I can't remember which episode. Here's the test. Put some cheese on down on your table, sit down in front of it, get up, and walk away from it. 
Now, if you want to come back and, and eat the cheese, come back and eat the cheese. But just to prove the point, you can you physically and mentally can walk away from that. You are not without power. You got it. Where you apply it is up to you. But I want to make sure every week that I come here <clears throat> that I remind you guys of the power and strength that you have. You have it. Whether you apply it or not, or where you apply it or not, is up to you. I'm not here to tell you not to eat cheese. I'm just saying, if you understand that it's not healthy and that it is associated with things like asthma and other types of allergies, and you want to stop those things because they're ruining the quality of your life, then know you have the power. Know that it's going to be a struggle because of behavior and actual opiate addiction, but but you can do it 100%, but just make sure that you understand that first and that there's going to be struggle. And I always say, I'm not here to sell you a quick fix it. Do it without trying. Approaching the Natural Podcast. Whatever you want to do, just phone it in. You're going to be fine. There's struggle. If it's worth it, make it happen. If it's not, don't. Dig? Okay. But don't just be, I could never. Yes, you could, of course. Don't, don't, don't be so freaking easy on yourself. Okay? In fact, what I'm going to say is, be hard on yourself in that regard because it's it's treating yourself better. Respect yourself to know the power that you have. I know it's a weird thing. You think it's easier on yourself to go, it's not my fault. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's authentic. I don't think that's true. I don't think you actually believe that deep down. I'd rather you be honest and go, yeah, I could do it. I'm Right now, I ain't doing it, but I might do it, but I could. And that's self-respect and self-esteem. And then maybe you make that change later on, but not because you're just powerless. Dig? See the subtle difference there? Nobody listening to this podcast <clears throat> is powerless. It's just a matter of what you want to take on or not. And, <clears throat> excuse me, which I'll, which I'll talk about in a subsequent episode, like next week maybe, <clears throat> know what you're in for, i.e. know that you're in for struggle. And, and then you don't have expectations otherwise. You're not like, this should be easy. It shouldn't be easy. And then, then, and then you earn it, and you freaking earn it, and great, okay? Okay, so, so um, I'm going to pop, you know, so YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel, and please subscribe, <clears throat> will ya? I'm well over 1,000 now. It, it always goes up and down, but now I'm like 1,000 whatever, and it's like past. It's like safety, unless somebody listens. It's like, let's get everybody to unsubscribe. That's, that's just mean. I wouldn't do that. Last week's episode on focus, what you choose to focus on, how your experiences are out there, how your sorry, your circumstances are out there, but what you focus on change changes your quality of life. Incredible, right? So this this time, uh, I do an episode without really thinking about last week's because again, I don't remember what I did before um, on meditation, and it's called Check This Out. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about meditation here today, and I just want to be clear like I did in the podcast. I'm, I mean, in the video, I'm not against meditation at all. Quite the opposite. I think it's fantastic. I do think that people take it on much like they take on a diet or an uh, exercise plan where they do too much too soon, and I don't think it's, it's helpful in that regard. People get into it for different reasons. Some people get into it simply to relax. Some people get into it for spirituality, spiritual reasons, or all of the above. I think in the very least, uh, it is relaxing. <laughs> I think that even if you're into spiritual, I think I think kind of having that moment of silence for whatever it does, does help you reset the clock. It's one of those things. I think it's fantastic. The argument I make in the video is that I just don't think it's enough. I have now met many, many people who meditate regularly who, who are not exhibiting uh, in their lives, uh, uh, let's just say, a meditative 
style, if you will, or a meditative ethic. Sort of like uh, Krishnamurti once, uh, I'm totally paraphrasing, he's like, don't go like meditate and then come out and be a butcher, like figuratively and literally is what he said. But like, in other words, meditate and you're all good, it's all good, it's all calm, deep breath, watching my thing. And then you go into the world and you're just like, I hate everybody. And if you look at me the wrong way, I'm going to lose it. Is there a way to bridge the gap there? Is there a way to say, okay, let's take the two extremes where you're sitting on a pillow and you're all good and you're all watching your thing and the candle looks all groovy, man. And then you've got the kids and it's loud in the house and you're trying to get the lunches made in the morning and it's crazy. And you, instead of freaking out, can you kind of dial that back down and sort of be more meditative in that moment without saying, I can't deal with this. I got to go into this silent room. I think I've joked about it before in the podcast. Like, it's always funny to me when people meditate. Like, I need silence while I'm meditating. And I'm like, isn't the point of meditation is just to like observe and watch? Like you, that's the, to me, that's the practice. Like you should just meditate in the middle of traffic, but not fit, like don't get run over by, look, somebody's going to get run over by a car and they're going to sue me because they said he, I told them to go and I didn't, I didn't say that. I was f- f- not saying that. And so if you, but, but if, if you, if you meditate, try it with, with noise and life, around you. That is the deep breath I talk about. Just that kind of like in the middle of the stuff. I don't swear in this podcast, but I totally could all the time. There's so many opportunities for me to swear. I just don't. I don't know why. I'm not like against it. I swear. I'm just like a drunken sailor at all other times of my life, but just not here in this one hour. Okay. So, and so you, but you meditate when it's loud and, and, or busy. And if you can build that practice, that's to me, that's what gets you, I think, what, what most people are trying to get, which is this centered, kind of grounded, kind of connected way about ourselves. It's what I talk about via my small steps, which is to become more you, to, to find moments in your life where you are actually you. That, that, I think, is what meditation delivers ultimately. Now, if you believe that it gives you on the higher plane and you're going to go to some other place where you blah, 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 whatever, that's neither here nor there. For me, today, with you guys, living your lives, getting up tomorrow and doing the things that we do to to build in a meditative ethic to your life, of course, I'm going to say that small small steps is that tool. I mean, it's not the only tool, but it is that tool, putting deep breaths on your small step list. You know, one deep breath per hour, setting an alarm on your phone, two deep breaths per hour. I don't know what that is for you. Three deep breaths in the morning, three deep breaths at the end of the day. What is that for you? What is it for you beyond 20 minutes on a pillow, 30 minutes on a pillow, 45 minutes on a pillow? What is it beyond that integrates thoughtfulness <clears throat> during the day? That's what I. That's where my thing is. Just like with exercise, I talk about in the video, but like, you know, you do your exercise in the morning, but how do you build in movement throughout the day? Hence my integrated exercise. That's what that is. And it's, by the way, lacking these days. Like I'm doing it a little bit, but nothing like I was before. And so it's fine. It's what it is. I'm not feeling bad about it. I'm fine. I'm fit. I got energy. Went for a nice run with Jackson today along the coast. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good, but I'm writing a book. So I'm just kind of what it is and uh, not an excuse. Like my alarm goes off and I, I do it when I can. And that's fine. I'm, I'm keeping moving. But the thing about my job, just so you know the reality, why I'm not stressed so much about integrated exercise, I am up and down stairs all day. All, I mean, multiple flights of stairs <clears throat> all day. Now, here's the little things I do. Number one, if I'm going up and down stairs anyway, 
<clears throat> I tackle it. I tackle it on the way up. I'll run up the stairs. Jeff's like, who's coming up? Because it's always like, I'm just kind of running the stairs. I just run the stairs. If I'm going to go up anyway, I run the stairs too. I will do up some push-ups or whatever I can manage whenever. Did them in the parking lot the other day. I was like, just down. I'm doing my 10 push-ups. So it's over in a matter of sec- like 10 seconds or more. I mean, less, less than 10 seconds. I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty fast at push-ups, guys. Okay, good, good, good on me. Pat myself on the back. Three. Today, I went in and did the bank in the mail for the inn, which I'll do on occasion if they're understaffed, which they were today. And they're like, Sid, can you run this stuff into town? And it's one minute drive. This is what town is for me. But I go in and it's funny because Jackson was actually in Mendocino wandering around because I had to work. And so uh, I was at the post office and I leave my car at the post office and I run, physically run to the bank. And it's not that far. I'm mean, really talking about maybe a tenth of a mile, you know, like three tenths of a mile. Okay. Um, but I run, I just run it because I don't want to get in my car and drive the, uh, uh, the equivalent of two blocks to park again. It's ridiculous. And it's a way for me just to kind of run. And so he, so he's like on the street, I'm running and we sort of both look, look up at the same time. And I'm like, Hey man. And later he's like, were you, I thought you were like running to like running to me. Like, and I go, I wasn't, I was just running to the bank literally. Um, so th- I take it when I can, I've talked about it before and I talk about it again and I'll talk about it again, again. Take it when you can. But the fact is you can. There are multiple moments, like I talked about last week, that exist in your day. And it makes a difference. I guess that's my biggest challenging argument, which is, well, is it useful? I do believe it on every with every bone in my body. I think it's completely useful. Because I, it just, on a physical level, remember we talk about the colon cancer thing. It's like stagnancy doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. I don't need it. I really, guys, I love scientists. I don't need another study to talk about how sitting on a chair doesn't is not good for us. I don't need another study. I don't. I don't need another study to say that eating food without fiber is bad for us. I don't need another study. I know that eating food with fibers is excellent for us. I know that our bodies are designed to deal with that, and I know that good gut bacteria eats that fiber. That's what I know. I know that. We don't need to do this again. And I know that fiber is directly related to colon cancers. Directly related. Is it the only factor? No. Of course not. Is it a major factor? Yes. Has it changed over time our eating habits for the better? No. No. Kids are not eating better than they were in 1950. They're not. The craziness of of science and technological food, now I call foods like technology. That's what I'm referring to it now in my book, like in my new book. It's like a technological feat. The The Big Mac is technology. It's the iPhone of burgers. If you think it's not, go look at the way that we make food. Look what goes into the production of a Big Mac, and you will agree with me that it is technology on every level, from the way we travel to the additives to the preservatives to the to the flavoring. It is technology like nobody's freaking business, okay? I don't know if you guys know this, but like in Jersey, for some reason in New Jersey is like where flavoring, there's a lot of these like factories and chemical plants that make flavor. They, they do like, if you see like artificial flavors, for some reason, there's like a corridor in Jersey that where they do probably not all of it, but a lot of it, at least this was, this was the case a few years ago. And and I read at that time that they, that like, um, for instance, or, uh, or Tropicana orange juice is, is standard in its flavor, no matter what the crop of oranges is, is because they do a, a flavoring. So they'll, they'll freeze the orange juice, but then they have flavor packets that they add in to make it consistent all the time. That's technology, guys. That's a, ro- that's a robot orange juice. 
It's not a, a orange that you squeeze and drink, and sometimes it's a little more bitter, and sometimes it's a little more sweet, depending on the freaking tree that it came off of. It's standard and consistent because we want to rely that Tropicana is always going to taste like it does because we just can't deal with the fact that maybe it's not going to be the best thing ever one time. We can't deal with that. So there's flavor packets added to orange juice. It's insane. But I also read that they use they flavor McDonald's french fries. They used to do them in lard and they would kind of do that thing and, and lard's horrible, but they would sort of like get that flavor. Well, then when they stopped using lard for whatever reason, probably somebody was like, lard's horrible. And McDonald's like, okay, I'll do it in canola oil, but now it doesn't taste like it was in lard. So let's hire somebody to make it flavored to taste like as if that's better than lard. I don't know. Seems a little odd to me. I'm not saying lard's a good thing. I'm just saying, what are we doing about food? It's crazy. It's crazy. And yet... When you approach the natural, when you say, okay, I'm going to bring in some things that are closer to their natural state than not, not 100%, because most of the produce we eat simply isn't what its natural state was. We technologically have created pretty much every plant that we eat didn't exist in nature. We've, through the practices of our, of, of our agriculture and, and, and our science, we have created things like broccoli that didn't exist in nature, but I think... I can, I think that we can agree that it's it's closer to a natural thing than a Twinkie. Can we can you grant me that? Can you guys give me that one? Is that is that good? We're good. Okay, good. Is that a stretch? With somebody like, well, I don't know. I'm gonna see the science on that. I'm gonna have to see the re the research on that, Sid, because I don't think you you can't support you can't prove to me unless you do research that broccoli is more natural than a Big Mac. But but I can and I did. I just did that. Okay. Oh. Mm. Okay. So anyway, the whole thing on meditation, <laughs> I don't know where I just went back to that after it's where my brain is right now. I want, I want, I I'm so with clients and with my, my, uh, the company that I'm, uh, that it's very, by the way, very exciting. This, this subscription thing I've, I've been talking kind of hinting around about, I'm all, like, I'm seconds from the testing phase. There's a few people that emailed, said they would be willing to, to run through this to the system to see what, what they think. And so I'm like weeks away from from getting them going on it. It's very exciting. And so I hope you guys are going to be maybe into that. I hope that's true. Um, but it's where I'm at. And here's where I'm at. I want people to be in. I don't even know what that is. I want people to be engaged. I want people to be engaged in their lives. That that That's my thing. I don't want to pe teach people. And this is what this video was about how to better check out. I think checking out is necessary. We need to check out. I check out. We all need moments where we're like, I can't, I need to check out. But I think it's more, more, more about how we check in. And that is the small steps ethic, is, is engagement, is being involved, not to retreat, but to engage. We engage. Sometimes we need to retreat a little bit, but that's not the thing we do most of the time. What we do most of the time is do the things of life better. And we do that. And, and if you think about it for a second, dieting, going on a diet is checking out. That's how I look at it. You're like, I'm not going to do any of the stuff I do. I am just going to hide myself in a cocoon and I'm going to do this thing that's laid out for me that I don't have to think about. I don't have to engage. I don't have to consider my life. I don't have to think about my strength and my power, my self-esteem, my self-confidence. I've got a diet on the books and I've got a scale weight that's my focus and that's it. And you check out, man. And what happens is your world comes crashing back in because at the end of your diet, you have not learned to be that person. You've just done that diet. And so 
I am, that's where my brain is right now. I'm just like, how do people engage better when you, and it's very related to the focus one of before, because the more engaged you are, then you're in charge of what you focus on. If the world gets you down and the stress is overwhelming, which it's going to be, and it is for me, and it's going to be for you. But if more often than not, it's, you have a handle on it. If more often than not, you have control in moments where you can say, yeah, this thing sucks, but I'm sort of in a good place in my brain where I can say like, yeah, that sucks. It's going to suck. But look at how awesome this thing is. Look at this thing that I did today. Look at this thing coming up that I'm doing. Look at this thing that I'm working on. These are amazing. All these bad things are happening. Sure. But look at all these amazing things. That's meditative to me. That's just how I look at it. And I hope that you at least play with me on that and sort of grant me that definition. That's that's what I believe to be meditative. I think meditative is recognizing the conflicts that exist in our lives of things that we that define us versus how we've been living to look at those things and be engaged in that process to say I'm very overweight but my value is healthy weight that's in conflict I'm not eating the way that I know I am that's not how I eat. I'm not the person who eats this way what's that's crazy I think that's an engagement perfect just brilliant and a great place to start before you ever make a single change about food right Yes, good, thanks, thanks, thanks for, <sighs> very nice emails I'm getting, okay, very nice emails, I'm going to relate one just cursorily, uh, because they're they're not confidential, I mean, if you email me, I might talk, I'm not going to name your name, unless you're freaking Karen and Mitch buying me coffee, you know, name your freaking names, tell you what, um, but if you email me and it's something I think relevant, I'm going to share it, and I'm not going to give it away, nobody's going to know, but somebody emailed me about being too thin. And and I thought that was a very interesting thing that hasn't really come up. Usually it's you know too heavy. I've talked about this a thousand times. I think weight is a side effect of health. So I will say that that to me the same conversation of too is is of too heavy versus too too thin. Like to me, it's the same conversation. It's just like two sides of the same coin. That's 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 the truth. But I also want to make this point, and I made this point when I responded to them, which was health is is really. Well, but weight is a side effect of health. So we put your head into am I healthy? You sometimes get a different answer. If you look at weight, you might say, oh, that person's too skinny. I hear that all the time. I think part of this, as I said this in the email, like part of it is cultural. We're getting heavier as a as a species, and certainly in the United States, we're getting heavier and heavier. And sort of the norm, if you look at models and things like that, it's it's a the norm, and it's there's no judgment, it's just what it is. Like the if you look at like the size what size eight was in the 1960s and what size eight is now, they're very different. Google that. It's it's crazy. Like people, women who were size eight in 1960 were super skinny, and now it's size eight is not super skinny. I mean, it's not overweight, but it's not, it's just changed because sizing changes because our culture changes. It's fine. But just so you understand that, that's that's what the reality is. And so when you say to somebody, oh my gosh, they're so skinny, they might be at a healthy weight for their frame. Just because they don't have the norm of most people walking down the streets of New York doesn't mean that they're unhealthy. To me, the markers of energy, of immune system, 
Are they getting, are you getting sick all the time? Are you fatigued? Can you exercise, for instance? Or are you just like, I can't really move? Are you inflammatory? We often think, you know, being overweight is, is super unhealthy. Well, being underweight is super unhealthy too. That's to me, it's the same thing. And, and you can share the same kinds of lack of energy and a weakened immune system. Why? Because it's stress. You guys, it's stress. It's a body out of balance. I don't care if you're too heavy or too thin. It's a body out of balance. So what I said to her was, look at what are those other factors looking like? You got to look at the whole thing because if you're if you think you're underweight but you're feeling great you're going on 50 mile bike rides and you have a ton of energy and you're eating and you're not starving yourself like you're fine and you're eating really well and your skin looks vibrant and you look fantastic if you want to put on extra weight lift some weights eat some more calories to support that don't worry about protein just eat some more whole plant kinds of calories that have all three calories represented protein fat and carbohydrate but also the stuff that actually helps your body repair from weight lifting the the micronutrients eat that stuff and you'll put on weight but just to willy-nilly be like ah they got to put fat on their bones i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree unless all those other factors are sort of at play okay so i'm just kind of throwing that out there and thank you sincerely to the person who emailed me because it's a very interesting kind of idea of like well wait you know like what what about this so it's you know got it okay Let's get into the uh, the meat woe of this episode. I want to talk about adventure, and here's here's the um, the reason I want to talk about this. This is inspired a little bit by Jackson Long, who's here uh, and um, visiting, and he's here visiting because. He is basically on an adventure. He's a young guy. He's like 23. In fact, he posted this. We both posted this video today that has like footage of both of us. And we did like different versions of the same scene because we had two cameras running. So it's very funny, I think. Anyway, this guy goes, posts on Jackson's thing. He's like, hey, Jackson, Sid's like you're going to be in 25 years. And I was like, that's crazy. Except that mathematically, that's exactly right. Like I'm 25 years older than Jackson Long. That's freaking, I mean, no exaggeration to say I could be his dad. But at the same time, there's a certain joy in my head that I am hanging out with him, that we're going on runs together, that we're shooting videos, we're doing, like, he's hanging out with my kids, like, it's fun. It's not like, now, Jackson, make sure you brush your teeth tonight before you sleep in my podcast studio and, frankly, mess it up. Um it's we're kind of doing it so it's kind of cool like i that's just one of the bonuses of taking care of yourself that at 48 i can kind of go head to he's a better athlete than i am but we could go for a run and it's not like i'm in a wheelchair and he's pushing me along the headlands of mendocino you know what i'm saying um so we're feeling good and and all those kinds of things however he's on an adventure he's basically on an adventure he's young and he's and he's in school and it's like an online kind of thing and so he can travel and he does social media for stuff and so he's country and so he's just He's just out. He's like checking stuff out. And it got me thinking just about adventure in general. And and I'll, I'll be honest, and he's not going to argue with me. Like he has that we talked about today. He has the circumstances that allow him right now to, to do this. Not everybody has the luxury to get in their car and just go and show up different places and travel around. Fine. I don't. I mean, I have children. And a wife that I want to be around. I've got financial issues that I can't just stop stop working and and I mean not financial issues, but like I can't stop I can't afford to stop working, for instance. Um, and I don't have a job where I can what I can do that and I wouldn't anyway because I like to be at home with my with my family. Um, 
but I sort of think we, we kind of have this, this kind of explanation in our brains of like, well, if I had that, then I would do that. And I think that's, I think we are so often ruled by cop-outs. I think we, we go, oh, if I only had a personal chef, I would eat, I could eat healthy. Cause it's so it's so hard to eat healthy. If I had a personal chef, I get that at Raven's restaurant. Well, if we had a chef like this, we eat like this all the time. And I go, yeah, that's every restaurant. You know, I've said that before. Like, it's yeah, that doesn't that's that's not neither here nor there. But I eat really healthy, and I don't have a chef, and I don't need a chef. I eat very simply all the time, most of the time, right? The point is, is that just because somebody has a circumstance in their life that allows them to maybe do the level that Jackson just like hit in the road, and I think it's great. I do live in a town where there's a lot of 23 year olds that just ain't doing it, and could, by the way, but they ain't. So it's not everybody. So what is that spark that says, I want to go check out stuff? And I did when I was younger. Like I look back and I go, I did some very cool stuff. But here's the thing. I want to talk about like resting on your laurels. And I don't even know what laurels are. So I I think it has something to do with Laurel and Hardy. Again, I have to read the research on that. But let's just assume that we all know what laurels means because I know nobody listening to this podcast knows what laurels are. I just know that to be true. So let's assume we do so people don't think that we don't. Got it? Resting on your laurels is a is an empty, it's an empty uh act. It is it is never fulfilling as we think it's going to be. We think uh, if I hit the scale weight on this thing that I can sort of like, then I'll be good. If I can make a million bucks, then I'm set. And I can be like, I got here, I'm I'm done. Or if we do some achievement and we go, I've got that in my arsenal now, like I did that thing, I hit that game-winning home run, it, it, it just becomes sort of empty the longer the time we can't draw the joy from that as much as possible it's not i don't think it works for most people to go like one time 40 years ago i did this cool thing and then 40 years after that i just kept referring to the thing that i did it becomes empty i think that life a fulfilling life is about creating memories absolutely but continuing to create memories the glo- if you think about a diet for a second, that's kind of like the glory days. It's like, remember when I was thin before I gained all the weight back and feel crappy, but remember that? I got that. It's the glory days, but it's not. It doesn't feel good once you gain that weight back. It's not enough to say, I used to be thin. I used to be able to do these things. I used to be in control of the way that I eat or control of the way that I move my body. I used to be able to do that. I don't think it works. I don't think we feel good in that model. I don't think that delivers us health. I think that that is a something to draw on sometimes our past to say we go down memory lane and we go, man, that was so cool. Remember when we did that thing? And and like we're, Lisa and I decided to take our kids on a trip this summer that we've like the kids have never been on an airplane and it's a total stretch financially. But I'm like, if we don't do this now, it ain't going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen because, you know, days turn into days and years turn into years and the kids are old enough and it's what it is. So we're just like on a credit card, you know, and it's like, but but I want to create those memories. I want to give them experiences. But I think that experiences build on experiences. I don't think it's like a one off where we go once we do that thing, then we're good. We don't they've done enough. And at the same time, they're not individuals, so it's like they do this experience, and then that builds, into, and that informs their next experience. But I think that life as a fulfilling endeavor is about continuing the creation of memories, continuing to, advent, to, to infuse adventure 
into your life. The only thing that comes down to for me is how we define adventure. That, that to me is the thing, because I think that we all like meditation and exercise. We have ideas of what that is. Well, adventure is going to climb a mountain. And I don't think that that, I think that's true, but I don't think that's the only type of adventure. I think adventure is something that brings you out of your routine and that that opens you up to new things. I'm going to be very broad in the way that I define that, but that's how I look at adventure such that I've told people one day a week, go down a street you've never been down. Change something up, literally one little thing per week. Try a food you've never tried before. Do something that is not what you've ever done. You can actually pull that off. It's kind of weird, kind of cool, but it's, it's how you get adventure when the logistics of your life maybe don't allow you to go on what you thought was an adventure. Like, I'm going to travel around Europe for six months. Like, I can't do that anymore. I mean, I could, but not in a way that would make me ever happy. I would just be dreading it the whole time because I'd be like, why did I choose to do this, right? The point is, is that it's, it's about to, to have an adventurous at your, to have that spark, to well, not to have it, because everybody has that freaking spark. Remember I say what lights you on fire? It's there. But I think like most other things, we think too big about it. And we think if I can't drop everything and get a backpack and tr- go on Eurorail passes around Europe for f- six months, then I cannot do any adventure. My life is what it is, and I have to go to my job, and I have to raise my kids, and I have to watch the same show at night, and I have to go to sleep. That's what I do. I don't have time for adventure of what these kids are doing these days, and you do. You can write a book. That's adventure. You can write a, a paragraph every day. That's adventuresome. It is. You can start exercising, start a new kind of sport, try a sport, uh, exercise a class that you've never tried, exercise class you've never tried before, read a, a different kind of book than you ever read. What you open yourself up to is adventure. That is what adventures, it, that's what that is. I think that 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 we have, we don't, like to me, life is a never-ending story. That's what life is. It's like a, a story with no end, but we don't like that in a way. We I mean, I guess the end is when we do, when we die, but we don't know when we die, so like we're dead. And the, but but let's just assume while we're alive, it doesn't end. We're not. It doesn't end while we're alive. It doesn't have to end while we're alive. We don't have to say, well, now I'm done. I'm going to look back at what I did in 1974, and that's just going to carry me through. It doesn't carry you through. Not in a not in a happy, fulfilled, life enhancing, vibrant way. We don't like a never ending story. We don't. We want to. We like that there's an end date. We like finality. We like things like scale weight. It's measurable. It's cons- it just we can gra- we can touch it with our hands. It's something tactile almost. We like that definable in a box thing that we can make sense of. We don't like saying healthy living is just something you do for the rest of your life. Oh God, what does that mean? I don't like that. Can you just tell me what to do on day 22? Because this is like, what do you mean the rest of my life? I'm 30. The rest of my life is 60 years. That's not good. Don't give me the rest of my life. I got to know what to do in the next seven days on my freaking juice fast. Because then it's done and I get it. And once I do that juice fast, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Man, my life's going to be different. Your life is different when you always changing and evolving and adjusting when you are engaged and building adventure and trying something that maybe nobody ever sees. So so the fear that some people have of trying something new is that you know they're going to be criticized by some like you know I'm not saying 
everybody is ready to start a YouTube channel. Like I had to sort of prepare my brain for this podcast. I had to prepare my brain to write a book to put it out into the world. That's a massive thing. And playing music like I used to play and acting like I used to act, like putting those things in the world, it's fearful. But all those things were adventure that built, that built, that built to the point where when I wrote my book, I was in a way, way okay headspace to write a book. Well, that's only because of the cumulative effect of all the other things I had done up until that point. And I ain't done. I ain't done. Adventure is something you build into your life and you hold on to. And no matter how busy you are, you do something that is adventuresome. You, you just attach yourself to your life whenever you can. The small steps approach, the, the list I talk about, it moves you from the mundane. Small steps lists are not, I'm going to do laundry three days a week. They're generally not. Yes, there are some mundane steps like get rid of one thing every day, but I think that's actually a deeper thing because I think decluttering your life is a is a thing of clarity and and you know that kind of thing. But fine. But the deep breaths, the one stock of celery, the the integrated exercise, the engagement, the 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 big questions of life and big actions of of living well. That's what's embodied in the small steps. And it gets you away from the mundane. The mundane exists. You got to do laundry. You got to do your errands. But if that's the things that you do most days, you are you have a lack of adventure. And there are adventures left for everybody listening to this podcast. I 100% guarantee it. I don't need to know you. Nobody is in a situation right now where they're like, hey, I, I did that when I was younger. But man, right now, it's just, I just do what I, I just got to do. I just got to get through the day. I just got to get through my day every day. We have to create our own adventures with what we've got. We have to, we, nobody's going to deliver them to us. We have to decide, I'm going to build this into my life and I'm going to do it in some way that I can do it even given how crazy my life is. It's like in this day and age of creating your work. Like this is, I've, I think I've talked about this before, but this is an amazing time in our lives where if you want to be a filmmaker... I know I don't know if I've talked about, it, but I just watched a video recently of this guy Casey Neistat, who I really like on on YouTube, and he's you know not perfect, but I think he's pretty down, pretty freaking amazing, uh, you know, just doing what he does on YouTube. But, um, but he did this talk, and all these kids are there, and the questions are like, how do I make it as a filmmaker? How do I, you know, they want to know you do this, do you do this, and then you do that, and then you're successful. It doesn't happen that way. At the same time. What an amazing time we live in where you can actually create your own work. You can be a filmmaker today for free with your phone that you already, it's not technically free, but you have it already. Like you're not paying extra. You can shoot movies and put them on YouTube. You can be a filmmaker starting today. You can write a blog. Start. You can be a, a writer today. Starting. It might suck. I don't know. But how adventuresome to just try a new thing, a new, a new career, essentially, before you have to quit the career that you're on. You're a lawyer. You've been a lawyer for 30 years. You can start a blog and you can do one paragraph a week and it's more than you were doing. That's adventure. That's amazing. And it's going to make a difference in your life. It does. It does. It's not once I can hit retirement, then I'm gonna. That's not how we become happy, you guys. That's just not, that does not deliver us happiness. Once I X, Y, Z, then, then I will be happy. Sorry, it doesn't work that, that way. What works is adventure starts today. Okay, well, what could I do? What can I, what's, it's like I always say the small steps anthems, like what's next? What can I do? 
What can, what can I act on right now? And also, yeah, but I'm doing something about it. I feel trapped. I feel, I feel like I can't move. I feel like I can't go anywhere. But yeah, but I'm doing something about it. Because small steppers can because they do starting today. Adventure for small steppers is anything that gets you to do something you haven't done before that stretches you even in the most minimal ways. But we're so easy, so quick on a cop-out to go, ah, I can't do it. I'm just too busy. And so we stretch zero. And when we stretch zero, we evolve zero. And when we stretch zero, we grow zero. And when we stretch zero, we stagnate 100%. Build adventure. You want health and happiness? Bring adventure into your life. Bring a little discomfort, some struggle. Mix all that in a blender. Blend all the adventure, struggle, and, and, and a little discomfort. Put a little agave nectar because it's a little can be a little bitter, so just kind of sweeten it. It'll take a little, a little of the bitterness out of there. Drink that down. Okay, but agave nectar is not healthy. You guys are missing the point entirely. Can we, I'm not going to, you know what? Let me start this podcast over. I'm not going to start the podcast over. In fact, you guys, I'm going to end it here. And so um, on that note, all right, so best of luck to Jackson. It was fun having him here and watch our videos, uh, Thought for Food podcast and also uh, mine, Thought for Food Lifestyle on YouTube and then, of course, my YouTube channel. And sub subscribe, will you, for crying out loud? Bring adventure this week. Do it. Here you go. Ready? Do something you've never done this week. Do something you've never done this week. Just one time this week to be like, you know what I've never done? I've never driven down that. I've never gone into that store. Go into it. Don't buy anything and walk in saying how ridiculous Sid is. But but just notice for some reason when you walk in that store that you're present, that your mind isn't at work in the moment, that your mind isn't in the stress of the things that you have to do in your to, of your mundane to-do list and all the errands, that when you walk in that door in that store, you're looking around and you're experiencing something you weren't experiencing before. Can you just make note of that? And you shoot me an email if that doesn't happen, okay? I'll pay you a dollar. I'm not going to pay you a dollar. Podcast at Sid Garza Hillman is my email address if you do if you really do feel like emailing me. Okay, you guys, you guys are awesome. Thanks, thank you to everybody, especially people that are named Karen and Mitch who send me coffee, really, and to those of you who donate so that I can buy coffee, so that people that review the podcast, so that that more people listen to it, more people donate and buy me coffee. You, I think you guys see where, it's, where I'm going with this. I will be back next week, you guys, with episode number 182. I will leave you with this song. I've kind of went into my archives of, of the music I play at the end of this podcast is always my own just because I'm lazy to, to find out about licensing and I have a big, pretty big library of songs that I've written over my life. This song never released. I recorded it for an album and I just, it wasn't quite there in terms of fitting in the album, but I think it's okay. I'm going to leave it with you. It's called Ghosts of This Day. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll be back next week with episode 182 with the Approaching the Natural podcast. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you everybody for, for taking the time to just hang with me for this time. Got it? Have a great week, you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Be well.
ghost of this day and hands gone it's gone away it has gone away I'm not ready to stop this I'm not ready We remain.